Hello, hi, and welcome to another episode of The Emma Gunn Show. How are you? I hope you're very well. This episode is coming to you at a time when social distancing and self-isolation are things that some, if not all of us, are implementing in light of the coronavirus. Um, It's a very odd time, and in the Facebook group for this podcast, the link to join us in the show notes, by the way, uh, a lot of people have been expressing how anxious they've been feeling, not just about the virus itself, but about the impact that social distancing and self um isolation has had on them just no longer having as much human contact being in their own company all day not really being able to go outside it can all feel a little bit heavy and dark and if you're used to going into an office every day being social being out the house or having somewhere to go then this will ultimately and definitely be a very very big change and there might be a little bit of turbulence and a little bit of unease and it might be a change regardless of the circumstances which might feel unsettling and throw you completely off balance. So in this episode I'm going to share with you what I hope will be useful tips for making the transition to being home a lot, working from home and essentially if you live by yourself being in your own company a bit more than you might be used to a little easier. And I'm sharing these tips because this was a transition I made nearly eight years ago when I went from working in an office every day, when I worked on a magazine, to going freelance and working from home. And actually, to say that I worked in an office every day isn't entirely accurate. My job on the magazine wasn't 100% office-based because I would go to events most days, um, usually either before work or after work. I would travel across the country for photo shoots or to do interviews. So... I wasn't always at my desk, but there was a lot of desk time because the pages needed to be written and sent to press, et cetera, et cetera. And when I left, I had to adjust to a completely different way of working. And I made so many mistakes because I had no idea what the future was going to hold. So I just sort of thought, right, on Monday, I'll be freelance. And that was as much preparation as I did. So it's why I wanted to avoid, help you avoid doing the same and feeling such a stark change in this episode. So the first thing I would say is that one thing we haven't really had in all of this is time to prepare. While people are social distancing and self-isolating at a different rate, I'm sitting in my house, what is this? I've started, this is day five, day six, sorry. And I still, from my window, I can see people out and about hanging out as if they aren't. So maybe maybe they'll take a little bit longer to get around to the idea. But there hasn't really been an opportunity to have a run up to no longer going to work out of the house, whatever it is that you do every day and are having to change. So if you're working from home, I highly recommend dedicating a space or an area as a workspace. It could be a seat at the dining or kitchen table, at the breakfast bar, in the spare room, in your kitchen. But don't think you can work on a laptop from your sofa. I tried that and within days my back was killing me and it was no fun whatsoever. Going and, get, going and setting up in a coffee shop isn't really an option right now. So making an area dedicated to work is really, really vital. It doesn't have to be a huge area, but it just has to be a little somewhere where that's where you do your work, which is really important. And we use our commutes to get into a work headspace. And without that ritual, you need at least to have a work zone, I think, so that you can engage your brain. So I don't know about you, but when I used to commute, I'd be reading the papers in preparation. So I was up to date with all the latest news and I would use my commute to get ready. And without that, you can feel a little bit too like, oh, what now I start? Really? Okay. So just try, just having that work zone means that even just getting into that sort of fills the space of the commute a little bit of getting into that headspace. And this does lead me nicely onto another point about zones in your home. So have a workspace 
but also make your bedroom if possible a place where you rest or sleep only now I've lived in a very tiny studio before with just a bed a chair a stool with a television on and a sink and then a little bathroom around the corner so I know um I know that it might not be easy depending on the size of place that you live in but um if you're in one room and it's hard to make a space feel like a workspace and another place feel like a rest space etc I know that that will be hard and that might be unrealistic but if you have flexibility you have a bit more room and you are able to have one chair is where you do your working or one zone is where you do your reading then try it and see how you get on I do think you will find it to be helpful especially as this has all sort of happened very very quickly the second thing I would highly recommend is to avoid freewheeling and by freewheeling I mean thinking that you now have way more time on your hands because you're no longer commuting, no longer having to go to those meetings that could have been an email, all of that kind of stuff. And you feel as though you can just free will through the day. And it's reminding me of when I was a kid and you'd finish school and you'd have the summer holidays, for example. And you think, yeah, don't have to get up, don't have to... And the first thing you do is sleep through your alarm and that quickly gets old and you just end up sleeping more and being a bit lazy, or certainly I did. So structure is key. And in the case of self-isolation, I'm implementing an hour-by-hour schedule. It's not necessarily hugely rigid, but every hour my watch will ring, go off, and it just makes me finish up what I'm doing and then move on to the next thing. And it's just so that the day doesn't ever feel stagnant or or begin to feel stale. And bear with me here. By this, by this sort of hourly switch up, I mean that I switch tasks. So I stop the day merging into one soup of half done things and can also tick through a to-do list, which means the days will feel productive. And that's really important for your mental health. Everything counts. I work out in my first hour, organize my office and write my to-do list for the, for the next. I have coffee and do some research in another room for the next hour. Then I go back to my office and do an hour of email. So for me, working from home a lot of the time, I'm just being really much more regimented about it. But to be clear, these hour sections also include batch cooking, catching up on RuPaul's Drag Race, cleaning the bathroom and doing the hoovering, doing an at-home gel manicure and all sorts of other things. It's just so that I never feel, I never get to that point where I think, oh, what am I going to do? Because I've just made a plan. And in my experience, if a day doesn't have some sort of order, then it's easy to get to the end of it and feel as though it's been wasted. And it only takes a few of those sorts of days in succession to begin to feel a bit down and a bit low and a bit flat, which is something I really want to help you avoid in this particular circumstance that we find ourselves in. And if that's something you're worried about, then breaking up the day into into tasks is a great one and it's really easy to do. It's, It's counterintuitive sometimes. I still do it and I'm doing it at the moment where... My alarm will go off at three o'clock in the afternoon, which is like prime work time. And I'll think, no, 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 I now need to go into the other room, sit on the reading chair and read for an hour because otherwise I know I'm going to lose momentum. And then I do an hour of reading and I go back to my desk and I'm actually much more productive. So I do find that it really, really helps. Um, You don't even have to really know what the next hour is going to look like, but just having that reminder to get up and move can be really helpful. So you might not have anything planned, but at four o'clock, you might get up from your, your alarm might go off. You might get up and think, hmm, actually, yeah, maybe I just need to do something, move around a bit. I don't want to do any exercise, so I'll just clean the bathroom. It's stuff like that. Just keep it moving just so you don't ever feel slow. And then for the, please don't nap. Please don't fall into that trap. I could do a whole episode on napping. It's so tempting and so alluring. Just don't, just don't. Um, Unless you need to for health purposes, obviously. Speaking of moving, 
Factoring some movement into your day always pays off. And my personal preference is always to exercise first thing in the morning because it gets my brain into gear to work and it takes up that space left by a commute that we're no longer doing. Um, The movement doesn't have to be hardcore exercise. It can be a walk in the park. I'm still going for a walk. I have a park near me. It's big. I don't get close to anybody apart from some nice doggies. And I'm still going out to get some fresh air because I think that's important. So it can be a walk around the block. It can be a run. It can be some yoga. It can just be some stretching, just something to get your lymphatic system and heart pumping, just to get the body going, right, yep, you're on the move now. Um, Just for me, it just gets all systems firing in the way I want them to be. And if days feel particularly long, then I'll add in some stretching as a way to end the workday and start the evening, whether that's an evening where I'm going to be watching TV or trying to teach myself the piano again. Hmm, Yeah, that old chestnut's back. So yes, movement is really, really important. And getting out, just getting a bit of fresh air is really important if you can do so in a safe way at the moment. Fourth thing I would suggest is keep things tidy and use this time as an opportunity to organise This is something that genuinely makes a huge difference to productivity and state of mind. And you know the saying, tidy house, tidy mind, tidy desk, tidy mind. Well, in my experience, I found it to be true. This isn't about becoming a neat freak. This isn't about becoming so ridiculously house proud that you can't move anything. This is just about being organized so you know where things are. Um, It really does help and just keeping on top of your housework. And sometimes when you're around the place a lot, and I definitely used to do this when I was younger, I'd think oh, there's no point putting that away or hanging that up because I'm going to use it. I'll just leave it on the end of my bed. That doesn't, it's not good moving forward. And a couple of weeks ago, this really, before all of this really kicked off, I really saw the benefit of this. So I was out for dinner with my friends. In fact, you know them too, Claire Coleman, Nadine Bagger and Caroline Hirons. We went out for dinner uh, a couple of weeks ago. And before I left the house, I think I'd put my coat on, I was ready to go and I slipped my shoes off and I quickly grabbed the hoover out of the cupboard and vacuumed the carpet just vacuumed the flat and it took no more than five minutes and I still ran out and then got my train didn't think about it and by the time I got home I really had completely forgotten that I had done it so when I walked in planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and it's all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. The flat felt shiny and new and it was a really lovely feeling like I'd left a hotel suite and come back and housekeeping had been and it was really nice. Admittedly, I don't have kids or other people in my home, so I'm going to feel the benefits perhaps more than others. But if you can implement that kind of thing in your space, then trust me, you will feel better for it. Just keeping things organized, just it doesn't even take two minutes. Just when you finish using the bathroom in the morning, wipe down the surfaces, put everything in a neat line, your serums, your moisturizer, whatever it might be, put your shampoos in a neat line in the shower. It sounds daft, but it does make a big difference. You just feel a bit more on top of things. A fifth thing I would say is really worth referencing. And again, this could be a whole episode. In fact, it has recently is eating. Eating is a really tricky one when you work from home or you're at home a lot because eating and snacking is a really easy way to pass the time. And it's something you can do almost not even thinking. Uh, You just do it subconsciously. Just think, oh yeah, I'll go to the fridge. And the only way I've managed to get a handle on it if I'm working from home is to only eat at mealtime. So breakfast, lunch and dinner. And if I'm tempted to snack, I have to check in with myself 
and see whether it's because I'm hungry or if I'm bored. And if it's the latter, then I try to get as far away from the fridge as possible. Now, obviously, as I've been very open about on this podcast, I have issues with food. So that's why that might seem a little bit more strict than maybe you have to be. But it's it's very easy to suddenly find that you've eaten your way through your snack cupboard or you've eaten your way through all the stuff that you batch cooked at the weekend. So just keep an eye on it. And if food is a trigger trigger topic for you, then I do recommend listening to the episode I recorded recently with Mandy Saligari on food addiction. Her insights and expertise are really interesting and potentially incredibly useful right now if you suddenly find yourself alone with food, which for me (laughs) is such a big trigger. But uh, there we go. The sixth thing I would recommend is to pick up the phone. And I've talked about this in the podcast before. I find it somewhat frustrating that so much communication is done over email, text and WhatsApp and what have you. And if there's one good thing to come out of the current social isolation, it's the fact that it has the potential to bring back the phone call. And if you remember my conversation with Trini Woodall earlier this year, the phone call is something I'm all for bringing back, just like flares. And I don't know, what other fashion thing can I bring out? I don't know, cat suits. Um, I've scheduled in FaceTime calls, Skype calls and phone calls with friends just so I don't feel cut off during this particular period. But it served me well as someone working from home for nearly 10 years to make sure I'm social in some form every day in a way that isn't on email. So that's just picking up the phone, chatting to people, uh, FaceTime, whatever it might be. Tip number seven. This tip is probably the one it took me the longest to implement and realize was so important and such a vital part of the day. Because partly because it's a little bit woo-woo. And if if I say it out loud to certain friends, they might be like, oh, for crying out loud guns. But it's just that taking a moment, and I really do mean a moment. It doesn't even need to be as long as a minute, but just checking in when you wake up and when you go to bed with yourself. Just check in. So in the morning, before or after you work out, whatever, whatever feels right, just do a systems check on yourself. Ask yourself, do you feel okay? And again, it might sound daft, but if I'm feeling a bit unsettled or feel as though I've got a lot on my plate and it's beginning to creep into anxiety or or it's beginning to make me feel a certain way that isn't great, um, then I then I can plan my day accordingly so I can tackle the tough stuff first so it's not lingering. I can do the boring stuff so it's out of the way. But if I'm feeling just like "Mm, yeah I've got to do that thing and I'm putting it off and so actually the putting it off is making me feel rubbish it just prompts me to face it and actually Jeff Thompson another uh, recent guest on the podcast when we were chatting he, he he's all about facing your fears just like if something scares you run towards it so if you've got a difficult conversation to have have it if you've got um a task that you think is too hard and you're shying away from it try it tackle it the only thing failure will do is get you close to succeeding. So um, yeah, that's been really important. It's just morning and evening, just checking in with myself and just going, am I all right today? Was that a productive day? Is there anything that I need to do up front just so that I'm actually like setting myself up really well for the day? That's that's advice I'd give to anyone. Um, yeah, just ask yourself, especially at the end of the day, am I prepared for tomorrow? Is there anything else I could do that it could take five minutes even if it's just going in and tidying up your office, I have an office space in my uh, flat, but I've been working from home for a long time. And I sometimes go in and look and think, well, I feel really good. I just look in the door and think, well, I feel good if I walk in there tomorrow morning, or do I need to tidy up a bit more first? And sometimes invariably I go in and put the lipsticks away that are on my desk, but there we go. And then the eighth thing I would, would just say is I think more specifically about the time that we're in right now in the period of coronavirus, where people are having to make real adjustments it would be very easy to think life is changing for the worse. And bear with me here, because I totally hear how that's going to sound. But I just mean, 
don't look at what's closed off, look at what's opened up. So I was chatting to a few friends today who are so used to being out and about, freelance, doing their thing. And it's very, very easy to think, oh gosh, um, the world is now closing off and things that I normally do, I can no longer do. And um, quite a few of us are trying as hard as we can to think, well, what's opened up? So for me, I don't feel comfortable going into central London and recording podcasts at the moment. Obviously, I have the option to do video calls and things like that. But it means that I have time to do other things that I've not been able to do before, which is create a bit more video content and research some other things uh, for my work or actually understand, really understand how um, businesses work. You know, I have run a limited company, just like doing all the stuff that I think, oh, I'll do that later. I'm just seeing it as as an opportunity to tackle the things that I haven't had the headspace or time for so yes it is really challenging right now it's a big change for a lot of people but if you can try and reframe it and think about the things that it's actually allowing you to do um, then maybe it won't feel quite such a drastic huge change now if you have a small business um, I started a thread in the Facebook group for the podcast uh, yesterday just saying look I'm really aware that some small businesses or business types are really going to suffer with everything that's going on at the moment with social distancing and self-isolation. So I encourage people in the group to share their businesses if they are feeling the pinch already. So if you are listening to this podcast and you'd like to support any of those businesses or you have a business yourself that you feel like you would like uh, members of the group to support, then please do go to the show notes and join the group. You have to answer some questions and agree to the forum rules, but please do share. Go and find that thread and let's try and support each other because I know that it is a very... Uh, trying time for a lot of people who run small independent businesses and particular business types like uh, restaurant owners etc etc um you can also get in touch with me the beauty podcast at gmail.com that's the beauty podcast at gmail.com um or you can dm me on social media where i'm at emma guns on twitter and instagram and obviously please do don't feel shy about joining that facebook group and starting a conversation if you also have some really good tried and tested tips for working from home or how to make a day at home without speaking to other people feel productive, then please do share them, whether that's with me and I can share them on the next episode or in the Facebook group. It would be so delightful to hear from you. Anyway, again, I hope you're all feeling very, very well. And if you are on social media more, if you do have the time more and you are feeling so inclined, just get in touch with me. If you want to see me create certain video content, if you want to see me tackle certain subjects on the podcast, um, I can only do that if you let me know. So don't be shy about using that email address or sliding into my DMs. Thank you so much for listening. Stay well, and I will see you on the next one. Bye.